Yo, yo, welcome back to Lost in Transition. My name is Riyadh. My name is Kevin. My name is Sango. This is our new NBA podcast where we discuss and debate NBA topics. Coming up, we cover the Clippers-Nets game on February 2nd and the biggest disappointments for this year so far. Stand by. yesterday tom brady seven-time champ undisputed terrible. goat terrible undisputed for what football yeah athlete, for, no. goat athlete now athlete, you think mahomes will have that. you think mahomes will catch him nah i mean i don't know man it should... i was rooting for the chiefs and i lost so much money on them <laughs> my homie my homie got the two g's from tom brady he's like yo thank you the maga brady oh Gronkowski. <laughs> He's like, thank you, Bagger Brady. My white folks threw him in the Capitol. They were happy as shit. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's, he's like, man, I got to salute them, man. That was Tampa was Bay folks, decision. bro. It's a business decision. I saw something like the weekend when he was performing, like the, his dancers in the background were like the only people ever in Florida to wear a mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but them joints with the memes were, I guess he was in that gold room. It was kind of funny with a. Uh, I don't know. He's, I don't know. Like he was just like gone coke or some shit. I don't know. Yo, I guess I guess those uh those were trying to show how like people mess their face up with plastic surgery, and he was trying to show that like the bandage it's so ridiculous. Uh, I, I I just hope man he he done with his after hour shit man. He's get back in the lab, make some music. I, I saw it's probably so funny how pissed off like parents were watching like the weekend halftime performance. Don't even like, know. Did he want to? He would have. Who did he say like in the reminder song like? God damn, bitch. I'm not a teen choice. <laughs> oh, he talk, he talk about Coco Bell or whatever. He won a teen choice for wearing about. Bro, I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was a good ass show. So did I. I, I, I think his mic was a little messed up, right? It was, it was a little bit, but I thought like the, the fact that they used the whole field and it was all choreographed, I thought that was pretty yeah, sick. But I, yeah, but again, you know, allegedly, as someone who has been in Florida, man, that shit was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly, first of all, someone's been there. Like, hey, man, yo, them streets is wild, man. It looked like a normal game. It was like 30,000. There were so many fans there. I was yeah. packed. Yeah, that's crazy, though, man. But it was like, I, I, man, that game... I, it was a boring ass game. It was a boring game. I, I ain't gonna hold it. Uh, Bro, it was like the third game I watched all year. A football? <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> yeah. You don't watch football like that no more? Nah, bro. I gave it up. <laughs> the Falcons. He married to the game. Married to the NBA. Married. I'm married to the NBA, bro. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let, it's it's officially hoop season. Let's talk about this game. Deserve. All right. So uh, first off, um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Clippers Nets game they played last week. Uh, on February second, the Nets beat the Clippers by four. It was a. Uh, it wasn't that exciting a get exciting of a game, but uh, I thought we got. What you talking about? I thought we got. Game was. Good, I, I, it wasn't that exciting to me, but it was pretty good offense. I um, disagree. Obviously, the defense was terrible, but in terms of the games, we've seen like the best players: Kawhi, Paul George. Well, I mean, the Nets are always fun to watch just because they have the like three of the top. 20 That's best players. I, I still I enjoy this game thoroughly. 
I don't know about. I, I know you're. Would you guys? Would you guys think about the? Uh, I was a little surprised to see Jeff Green as a starter there. Uh, I think they did it because uh, the Clippers don't really have an inside presence, so they didn't need to start DeAndre Jordan. Well, my thoughts were that they do have an inside presence, but it's more Zubak. Yeah, but he's off the bench. Match their minutes because Zubak is so perimeter oriented. And, and, and then at this point, like the, DeAndre is kind of like a shell of himself. He's not the yeah. same person that like he was in the Clippers. And we got to thank Chris Paul for that because I guess he got a lot of money from Chris Paul. But he just hasn't really been doing that much to me, even defensively and offensively. He can't, he's more just like catching lob guy. I can't really do anything besides that. Jeff Green provides more versatility, even on defensively, even though they're still terrible. Yeah, I was about to say, I agree with that he provides the versatility, but they were, they gave up 14 points in the first, like, three for three or four minutes. Yeah. So I was like, all right, this is, Green, this is not working out either. Green was in the closing lineup, so I think I think they would like to start Green every game. They just have to start DeAndre for, for certain matchups because they don't have a center. I saw they just got uh, not the. I don't think this will. They'll be done. They got. They signed Noah Vonley today. He was on like three different NBA teams last year, so I'm not sure how much he's going to give yeah. them. So but, I still um, think they're going to get one of the Cavs centers. It's just a matter of time. You guarantee it? I said I think. No All guarantees. Right. All right. Yo, but Kyrie, I think I think he's probably the the most fun to watch. Yeah, on the court uh, in this game. So what I, what I got up from this game, basically, I, I liked in the beginning, immediately, KD was guarding Kawhi. Um, it was, as obviously he's getting too personal because it was in the past, uh, KD thought, you know, Kawhi was just a system player. And then eventually he became the player to who he is. And now a lot of people think he's way better than Kevin Durant, which I don't agree with. But you just saw like how, Kawhi, like, literally, like, Durant in the beginning just couldn't really hold him at all de- defensively. Kawhi was getting to his spots, um, getting to that mid-range. I thought it was incredible. And it's kind of crazy that Kevin Durant is basically, like, a third option scoring, but he's so efficient. Like, he only took, like, 13, 13 shots, shots. And he made 11 of them. And Ky- and obviously, uh, Kyrie is the, the guy who's more, like, a, a shot-making like he's the one that's taking most of the shots. He's the one trying to like doing the most of the scoring. And you just like I saw on Twitter, like you just gotta thank God that like Kyrie is not six six because the way he way he scores, the way he moves with the ball. If he was six six, I think he'd be like one of the I don't know top five player like automatically like that. <laughs> the way he handles, the way he shifts the ball, and he's so like, slick. Yeah, and I like I like him. Um, I'm liking this uh, uh, transition for James Harden. Just it's kind of like I'm not taking the most shots, but I'm the ball is primarily in my hand. I'm I've a high basketball IQ. I know how to find different people. So he's shooting less, but he, the way he's controlling the offense and finding people, um, I'm really liking that. And then towards the end of the game, we're just like it was just back and forth between uh, James, Kevin, and Kyrie, who takes what shot and who's making the plays. I thought it was incredible to watch. It was. That's why I really enjoyed it. And then, but the Clippers as a whole, you saw like at the end where they might, they really need a point guard because it's just, as the game gets to like the, the end of it, um, the, the defense is, you know, is getting a little bit tighter. But even though the Nets don't play any defense, but, but like you see how it was, they were struggling, like initiating the offense. It was just like watch Kobe or Paul George go one on one and then 
boom, everyone didn't know what they were doing. And then it kind of slowed them down. That's why I think the Nets were able to pull off the win at the end, especially with the shot making that all those three great players on the Nets were doing. Sango, do you uh do you think that uh Kyrie, Harden, and KD are the top three best one-on-one players in the league? Kyrie, uh, yes. It's not even. It's not even close. Yeah, I th- yeah. I think I think that's kind of what you see at the end of the game where um, they take turns, just because they they always have an advantage in their matchup. I think the at the end of the shot clock, you could throw it to either any three of them. They can get you a bucket. I thought Hart, I think Harden's going to be high assists. He's going to be the playmaker for for them. Um, he's, he's essentially a point guard. Yeah, he's he's a point guard. Like they should just flip their titles. Like Kyrie's a shooting guard, and James Harden's their point guard. Yeah, interesting stat. Uh, James Harden was plus eight that game, and Durant was minus eight, and Kyrie's yeah. minus four. Joe Harris was plus sixteen. Yeah. So his impact is felt. Like he's not scoring, but this. Distributing the ball, yeah, she got twelve rebounds. So yeah, I still think I don't think so, that they're be- they're at their peak when Kyrie Irving takes ten more shots than Kevin Durant and eight more shots than James Harden. I just don't think that's going to last. Like in a playoff series, I think that they're going to have to make changes to that. Yeah, I th- I think that uh, um, I think also uh, just go back to their defense. I think. At the end of the game, you saw them kind of go on like a, a run. Like they were up, I think, 10 with two minutes left. But uh, but they, they just can't hold the lead. Like they were, it was with one minute left, it was only a four-point game. So like I don't think any lead will be secure with them. They'll have to they'll have to play their ass off the whole game. And when it gets into the playoffs, like I just don't see them grinding out wins with that type of defense. I agree with that part, like with that with that defense, but it's just so obvious how lethal they are, especially they're already leading the NBA in points, field goal percentage, and three-point percentage in the fourth quarter, that it's just scary to, to think that you're going to be able to get stops when they have that many options down the stretch of a game. So I get that they're going to give up a ton of points, but I still have them at least get into the conference finals because of how well they can score the ball, especially down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and Kyrie got to get, uh, like, better defensively. Like, it's just – I know a lot of defense is, like, effort to me. Because um, he was pretty good also, during the Cavs championship run. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I've seen him, like, strap down and actually play defense. But I guess the principles, they got to, like, reinforce it. I guess – but in practice, they haven't been able to practice because of COVID. So, like, when you can't practice defense, usually teams like this, like, you're you're you don't really have to practice the offense you most of your practices are spent going over defenses and learning how to do different rotations stuff of that nature and then when now like with COVID and all that practices are limited you have games back to back you have less practice times so you can't go over those little things like okay someone drives baseline I rotate here then the next person rotates to the top of the key to cover one player and all that different stuff so that's something they got to work on it, but it will come, I guess it will develop as the season progresses, but it looks like right now is like, it's not going to happen. And, and it's like, they need to make a new pickup. I don't know what they can do to be honest. Like, I don't know who they can sign to like work for that defensive problems. So they just gonna have to be straight, strictly effort at this point, just to make up for the lack of true defensive. Yeah. I think, I have. think they definitely, um, they need to, 
because I mean, in, in crunch time, it's going to be all three of them on the court. Like they can't take defensive possessions off like they have previously in their career because they've had other players around them and they've kind of taken the offensive load. So I just, I think they're going to have to just have that mindset that from the, from the jump, they're going to have to play hard defensively. Yeah. But um, the Clippers, man, Kawhi was phenomenal, man. I'm, I'm, like I said, I think he's a top, he's a definitely a top four player with a, in my eyes, LeBron, Steph. You don't got to list them out, bro. I know, but LeBron, <laughs> Steph, KD, Kawhi. And I know a lot of talk was about some other guys, you know, already <laughs> jumping over them as the best players. You mean Harden? And establishing them. And I don't know about that. Like, this this, this guy is special. He's a, I'm a, the way he plays is incredible. And the uh, Clippers are doing great. So we all we all obviously are going to have our different takes on players, um, but we did get to listen to uh, our favorite TNT announcer this week, uh, Chris Weber. So we're gonna we're gonna introduce a new segment. Uh, Song is gonna kick us off with our Chris Weber take of the week. Hi right, guys, <laughs> this is this is Marv Albert reporting live from Dallas, Texas. When we are watching the Golden State Warriors versus the Dallas Mavericks. So, Chris, I know we've been watching this game. It's been an intense game. Draymond's been controlling the game, especially going in the fast break. Hey, hey, Marv, I know it just sounds crazy. I'm not going to say it. I know I'm going to get a lot of flat for this, but when Draymond is attacking and going on a fast break, he's like Giannis Antetokounmpo and LeBron James. Two, three, two, three of the best players going on the fast break and attacking the rim. They cannot be stopped. And Draymond is one of those players. Man, shut the fuck up. What the hell? You, <laughs> <laughs> you are some nuts shit, bro. This man just said, yo, this man said Draymond Green on the fast break is like Giannis and LeBron are two freaking natures. Giannis takes two steps. He's already at the rim. Draymond and LeBron, he be he, he's a truck, man. You can't stop that motherfucker when he's driving. Draymond out here averaging four yeah, points. A Draymond, game. he be he be driving, he just be throwing that shit up. He, he, no one's gonna brick squad that. No one knows no he's not gonna shoot that. But again, worst take, Chris Weber, do better. You you you're making it hard to watch basketball right now, fam. <laughs> be easy. All right, back from the break. Um, we thought. Uh, early on in the season, I think we're about close to a quarter way through with the shortened season. Um, so we thought we'd kind of discuss some of our biggest disappointments for the year. We have we obviously had some expectations for certain teams and certain players. Um, some of some of them have not been performing well. Um, so we're going to j- jump into it. I think um, from the MVP discussion we had er- uh, earlier in the season, uh, we talked about Luca a little bit. And um, that was under the assumption that the Mavericks would actually be a a playoff team. Right now, they uh, aren't looking so good. They're uh, 10 and 14. Uh, They're 16th in offense and 26th in defense. They're in last place in three-point shooting. Obviously, this is a big change from last year as being the number one offense in the league. I think the the biggest thing with the Mavericks right now to talk about is Porzingis. Um, he's he he's missed the, um, I guess like the first like ten or eleven games. Um, he's played about thirteen so far. Um, I think uh, 
uh, if you look, according to Basketball Reference, if you look there, um, he's only played center like a hundred percent of the time. He hasn't played power forward at all. So I think they're definitely trying to force him to play that play that position, and uh, um, so they can spread the spread the court for Luca. Um, I think that it hasn't been working well so far with Porzingis because he just doesn't take take advantage of mismatches on offense. Um, you heard the TNT crew talk about how even when he has a small guy on him, he'll still like pop out to the to the three instead of kind of burying himself into the uh, into the paint and just turning around and just shooting over uh, um, the defender. Uh, he had a curry on a, f- a few times in the game recently. Um, they actually had two games back to back. And in the second game, you saw them like force feeding Porzingis in the paint. Um, because they knew that he, he had to take advantage that he can't just be chilling on the three point line, shooting threes. He right now he's shooting about 16 shots a game with six of those from three. I think he starts the game off right away from just shoot, uh, jacking up threes. And I think he needs to start, um, in inside out for, for his game. These are just threes that he's jacking up. Like these are absolute bombs. Yeah. Like, yeah. Close to ten feet behind the three point line. I, I think, yeah, and I think it's more it's more defensively. He's obviously not the same. Like I don't know what it was good. He's like, still he's still getting a few blocks a game, but he he gets he gets like bullied in the paint sometimes. You see him like rebound, and it just even looks on switches on switches. He looks like he's struggling to stay yeah. in front of like wing players, which was not the case earlier mm-hmm. on in his career. I mean, you also got to think like neat. Like what is that second? I think that's his second surgery yeah. already since he's been in the NBA on a knee. And like when you're a seven footer, like that does not, I mean, you've seen Yao's career get cut short. Like it's just multiple players have seen their careers cut short after surgeries as yeah, a big I man. The, I'll, I'll, I think it's more with um, how they want to play. Um, I understand analytics. Like the three is, is, is like worth more. But it got to come to the point where, like, if you're just, like, such a bad three-point shooting team, you got to learn how to, like, adjust to it. Yeah, your three not, might not be shooting, but maybe sometimes let me go to – let me find ways where I can attack the paint, like, attack, go to the rim, attack the paint. Because sometimes, like, they kind of alluded to where Porzingis will be setting a screen to roll or, like, it'll be, like – and he'll fade out. With, there's, like, a small guard, like, like on him. But he would sit, instead pop out to the rim. It's outside, but how about maybe on that pick and roll? Maybe you cut to the basket, you you hit him on the dive, like and you can he can try to finish in the paint, which is still like analytically a, a good percentage shot. And then if they collapse on you, then you can you know kick it out, and it's more of an efficient three point shot. And just because like it, you're being told like okay, I gotta keep shooting threes, but if you're that bad, it just comes to the point where I don't know if you just can't keep doing that. Yeah, you know, find different ways to score. And in terms of, I, I think also, is the it's the is Luca too? Because the reason I started with Porzingis is because um, we were kind of thinking before the season if if Porzingis can stay healthy, they could be one of the better, uh, you know, up and coming duo for them, and that could make them a a, a pretty decent team. Um, but obviously, Porzingis is is isn't playing up to um, what he needs to be. But the Mavs in general, like like you said, Songo, they are the last in the league in three-point shooting. And um, I do think that you can relate it a lot to how Harden played on the Rockets 
where his because I think I think he's third in usage rate right now. Luca is uh, second second in usage rate. Um, he's fourth in field, uh, free throw attempts, seventh in PER, and first in turnovers. So he has the ball in a lot of it in his hands, and it's and the offense is pretty predictable. And I don't he he has that same thing with Harden where he's like off the ball, but he's just kind of just standing to the side. He's not really like involved with the movement of the offense. Uh, so I do, I do think they need to like move him off the ball more. I think one person they can utilize more is Brunson. I think I actually do like it when Brunson is in and Luca's actually playing in the shooting guard. So Brunson is initiating the offense more and then Luca is playing off of him or not off of him, but you know, he's not, He's just not pounding the ball as much. Um, I think that Luca Luca is playing well. I mean, his numbers show that he's playing well, but he's just not playing like we expected him to at that MVP level. He's kind of just at the same level he was last year, and he hasn't really made that jump up. Um, his his shooting numbers have improved a little bit over the last few games, but he still takes a lot of end of the shot clock shots. He takes a lot of bad threes. I think. And I think one thing I want to go to is, uh, so I listened to a podcast, JJ Brea on JJ uh, Reddick's podcast and Brea was talking about Luca and how um, he doesn't, he is only 21 years old. So he, he's still like, he's still that young player where he thinks he can just kind of show up and he doesn't really put in like the, the focus and the professionalism in yet. And once he kind of, matures a little bit where he he takes every game seriously and and takes care of his body and everything like that then I think that's that's when you'll see him um be that MVP player that that I think he can be um I think uh also just quick point on their shooting I think a big loss was for them was Kurt Steph uh Seth Curry Daryl fleeced him again (laughs) yeah he was he was definitely a big piece um, but I don't know if, if that can explain all of their three-point shooting. I mean, it, it, it's not like one player can drop you to, all the way to 30th. Um, last year, they were 10th in three-point percentage. Curry was 45%. They had Courtney Lee at 44%. Hardaway's playing well. He's still shooting well. Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, he's a little bit lower um, than he was last year at, at 37, 37.6% last year. Um, they're bet they're two best three-point shooters right now are Maxi Kleba and Hardaway. Um, so, you know, with Porzingis and Luca taking most of the shots, you can't have that. Um, so I, I think, I think they have some improving to do with just their offense. And the last thing I want to just shoot to you guys, um, you guys can answer it directly or not. Um, but I, I, I still have a lot of questions with Rick Carlisle. Like I don't know how to evaluate him just because he's only been good when his like team has been really good. Like he's had a lot of bad seasons. Yeah, it's it's an interesting. I actually heard someone talking the other day about like how Rick Carlisle is literally trying everything possible, like different battles to have defensive player of the game to just try to get this defense going in some capacity. Uh, and it's been to no avail so far. I think, I mean, Richardson's a big guy that you need to kind of get more out of. Uh, his percentages last year in Philly were the lowest of his career in terms of uh, attacking the rim. And they're even lower this year, which is super surprising because you kind of figured with Luca and the spacing the Mavs had last year that they would be a little bit better. 
Um, but I mean, he's not really a catch and shoot three point guy as well. So that's why I think the kind of Luca playing in the sense of what you're talking about, where it's kind of similar to what Harden was doing in Houston kind of is hurting him as well. Uh, last thing I want to touch on with kind of what you went about, uh, made a good point saying that Luca uh, needs to take care of his body and have that pers- professionalism that JJ Barea was saying. I mean, I think that kind of you you could see that in training camp in the preseason first couple games that he kind of came in a little bit out of shape, didn't have his legs under him. So I definitely agree with that point as well. Um, but I mean, I think we talked a lot about the Mavericks. Where they do have room for improvement. So let's flip over to one of Sango's five NBA teams that he likes and he'll talk about the Washington Wizards. Yeah, so the Wizards is a lot of buzz. It's been especially the biggest, one of the biggest disappointments for me this year. Obviously, living in D.C., I got a lot of the local games, so I get to firsthand see what's been going on. So, like, the beginning of the year, um, they made the John Wall trade for Russell Westbrook. I was a little hesitant about it because I was thinking they, they then they gave up on John Wall too fast, even though I know he's coming through an Achilles injury and it's his type of game. But – I'm just looking at some stats that someone mentioned on Twitter and credit to that person. I'm, excuse me if I forgot his, uh, his Twitter handle, but um, Houston is two and six when John Wall sits. Houston is nine and five when John Wall plays. Washington is three and three when Westbrook sits. Washington is two and 12 when Westbrook plays. So it's just, the Wizards has been one, obviously. Aren't both of those wins against the Nets too? I, th- I think so. <laughs> <laughs> they might be. So, I, it's just been it's been a roller coaster ride. Um, they're one of the worst teams in the league, fourteenth in the NBA Eastern Conference right now. Um, obviously they've been dealing with COVID issues. Um, Thomas Bryant towards ACL, Bartons was dealing with COVID, and now we realize why you think Russ was maybe struggling a little bit a, a lot in the beginning because he's having quad injuries. So that's why he took a little bit of a break. But still, um, his caliber level of player that he's supposedly supposed to be. And Bradley Beal, you know, leading the league in scoring at 34.9%. And even when, like, the Wizards are struggling, he's still, like, uh, his blocks plus minus is still, like, right, like, on the plus side a little bit. So he's not – he's doing everything he can, but at the same time, we need more. Bertans has not been sh- shooting the ball well at all for the so-called three-point sniper. So he hasn't been able to actually play because of COVID. So he's actually literally playing himself into shape right now. So he, there's no practice. So he's just constantly, you, know, you just see it in the game. He's out of shape. He's missing all the threes that was hitting last year, but you have to play it. Took his money and ran. Yeah, because he's bad. He paid, he's getting, they paid him a lot of money. Got the bag. Yeah, you ain't sitting on the bench, bro. They're terrible defensively. They're up, they're up there with the, the Brooklyn Nets. They gave up about, you know, they're the last in the league. They gave up about 100 point, 121 points per game. And they have a defensive rating, which is 29th. And Russell Westbrook, like I mentioned, compared to John Wall, I mean, he's averaging 19.4 points per a game, but he's, his PR is about like an average player in the league, like at 15.4. And he's for pretty the, inefficient, too. Yeah, he's mad inefficient. For a player that has a usage rate of 31 and he's doing all that, um, just I don't, I don't like that. And I get it. He's getting all these triple doubles. But now we're starting to see the overvalue of the triple double that I've – kind of alluded to that oh but he's getting all these triple doubles man it doesn't matter is it translating to win like someone like Steph Curry does it I'm not you know I'm going my I don't want to go on my rants about Steph Curry but you see how he impacts the game where it doesn't always show in the, the translation and the, the stat sheets and then on top of that Scott Brooks um 
us has in time to go. Yeah, it's time to go, brother. It's just getting too much. I, I can't take this shit no more, man. <laughs> you, you're one of the worst coaches in the league. You don't know what you're doing. Uh, you don't know. You're not getting the guys uh, ready um, defensively to know the rotations. The effort is not there. You could tell. Yeah, but he body. has a good relationship with Russ. That matters, uh, right? Nah, <laughs> not really, man. Because you can see with the body language of the team, like even with Bradley Beal, I understand that they're losing, but you can just tell, like, they're not. The guys aren't listening to. Uh, this is speculation. So I'm on. I'm gonna ask my uh, my girl, the Becca Winghurt. Uh, she's on the Wizards Twitter show. She's more plugged in. She's way more positive. So she she might um, give me uh, more insight. But just for me, observing from outside, looking in, just seeing the team, the body language, it's just not there. And it's just it's been years and like a few years coming. And a team like that has such caliber players. You should not be the last in the Eastern Conference. I don't care how, like he's not in his prime like he used to, but like, you. You have two players like that, you should not be less. So that's my biggest disappointment right now. Yeah, I think that um, – I mean, you hit on a lot of good points. I saw their last in points allowed, last in blocks, last in opponent field goal percentage, and last in three-point percentage. <laughs> that sums it up right there. <laughs> yeah, like, that's you coaching, can't... man. Like, it's all about you getting the guys ready to play. Like, a lot of defense is just effort. I know it's the NBA. A lot of guys can't play D. These are great offensive players now, especially – but some of this stuff, like you see, is just effort, poor rotation. And like you see, you showed them stats. Just and like, Brad it's, said, it's just I think Brad Beal said yesterday that there's just no dog, no fight in any of their guys right now. Uh, so I, I think I think a change is going to happen sooner rather than later. I mean, there's no reason this team shouldn't be at least competing for a play-in spot this year. I'm, sure, I'm assuming Bertans, I mean, he's shooting 31% from three right now. I think that'll regress to the mean, like you said, as he gets more in shape and everything like that as well. Um, but yeah, they look pretty bad right now. Riyad, anything you want to touch on? I'm sure we covered most of it. Russ making 41 mil. Robbery. That's a great point. We, we could have had John Wall, but we gave up on my good brother, the the, the word of God, <laughs> the DC's finest. <laughs> gave up on him too quick. Yo, and also Bradley Beal's first in usage rate. Oh, really? I was going to ask that when I heard yeah. the quote second. I yeah. wasn't sure who one was. Right. He's doing what he's supposed to do. And he's obviously an all-star. But Russ, man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm off that wave right now. But I'm still hoping he does well. Um, he's, getting, he's getting healthier. You saw the Nets game. Um, he was, he, but he always gets up when he plays KD. He sees blood when he sees that man. So that's why he always plays well against him. <laughs> we'll see how he, they, he progresses as he gets healthier throughout the year. And hopefully they can change this around. Cause it's still, they're still within it. Cause these games, a lot of people, they're close with each other and the seeding standings. Even if you're like last right now, you can still make a run. But you get a good stretcher of games where you win. All right. So we'll to, uh, to go back to the West, um, another disappointing team that, that had high expectations, at least for the, from a talent standpoint, are the Pelicans. Um, Gladdy, what do you think about them this season? Yeah, they've definitely been very disappointing. Uh, 10 and 12 right now. They have won three straight. Uh, so before that, they were 7 and 12. Really, really struggling to get going. Uh, they're 24th in def- defensive efficiency, uh, 20th in point, opponents point per game. Uh, I just feel like with that many, like with – when you look at their roster construction and who they're playing on a daily basis with the athleticism they have, that something's missing for them to be that low defensively. Yeah. I mean, you have a lot of, you know, wing defenders, 
Um, you have some, you know, rim protection now with Steven Adams. Their, their offense hasn't been too big of an issue lately. They're 10th in offensive efficiency. Um, but I, it's just really making me question, like, where their ceiling is. Like, there's a difference between guys are putting up good numbers. So Zion's putting up good numbers. B.I.'s putting up good numbers. But like Sango talked about earlier, is it going to translate to wins? So, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that kind of are to blame a little bit for that. Uh, I think Van Gundy doesn't seem like he's the great a great match for them so far. I mean, it, it was getting bad where, I mean, even Zion was pulled the other night in crunch time uh, because of his defense. And it's just with someone that talented, like that athletic, that strong, I just don't get how, how you're not playing in crunch time. Like, I mean, that falls on Zion and the coach, but for him to not be, you know, I mean, he was a stud defensively at Duke. And obviously I know there's differences in college and NBA defense. From a, from an athletic standpoint, um, but I, I remember last year they were commenting how like he's always in the wrong position. Yeah, exactly. And I guess maybe he just made up for it with his athleticism in college because yeah. he wasn't yeah. playing against this talent level. Uh, one interesting thing that I did see uh, with Kevin O'Connor pointed out today that they have been using him more recently as a primary ball handler. Um, so in in comparison to the first 15 games in his last six, um, he his assists have went from 1.9 per game to 4.8 per game. And he's changed from 1.8 pick and rolls uh, with him as the primary ball handler to 4.5 um, as him uh, possessions per game as the primary ball handler in pick and rolls. Uh, so that seems to be helping them. Uh, like I said, they have won three straight over pretty solid opponents. Uh, they beat the Suns, Pacers, and Grizzlies. Uh, so maybe they can turn this around. Uh, but I think everyone had expectations of them, you know, being above 500 and competing for that uh, playing spot. Uh, or maybe even higher. So they're definitely a big disappointment for me. Yeah, I, I agree. Glad you did a, you did a good job. But in terms of the offense, I know the the rating, because they've been playing a lot better recently. Um, but it just it just comes down to me as poor job by the, the GM, David Griffin. When you have a guy like Zion, who though he's probably primarily inside player, and you have a guy like B.I., when you have all this – congestion in the in the league he congested the off, off roster like it's you know back at like 15 years ago like why would you sign steven adams who like when zion is driving to the land the the games i've been able to catch it's just like all congested because the, the defender knows like i can just stay here because steven adams not going to shoot he's going to be in the lane and then you have um non-shooters um, on the team that just won't like eric bledsoe like we understand why milwaukee got rid of him no disrespect to my guy, Eric Bledsoe. So just can't shoot. And for guys like Brandon Ingram and like Zion, I just feel like if they can trust with that roster where there's more spacing than them, more to operate, because Brandon Ingram is more of like a mid-range type of player where he like likes to like tip, break off off the dribble and then, you know kind of get to his spots in the mid-range and elevate with his size and maybe shoot a three here and there. That's more of his game. And obviously Zion is more attacking to the rim with a reckless abandon. So I just – I feel like the poor construction roster um, did a disservice to this team. And um, Sam Van Gundy, um, a lot of coaches, a lot of players came out saying it would be a bad fit for this team. He's more like a veteran-related side a person to handle 
rosters, but I thought I still thought it can be a good fit, but obviously it hasn't worked out. And then Lonzo, I mean, he's been playing better recently, but now there's a lot of trade rumors that, you know, maybe he's like he didn't sign the extension, but maybe it might be time to move on because, I mean, it's just it's, it's just like I don't know if it's not he's not confident anymore. He's shooting so many threes when he's not shooting the ball. He's not aggressive. He's not. So I don't know. Um, I just hope hopefully he gets it back. He finds his rhythm. But yeah, they've been a big disappointment. I, I expect a little bit more than them being ten and twelve. You think he? You guys think he's on the move, Lonzo? You think he's gone before the deadline? There's a lot of there's a lot of rumors. I've been I'm worried. He's actually, he, he's actually been shooting pretty well from three. He's shooting seven seven a game at thirty seven percent. What what's his value? That like what do you get for Lonzo Ball right now? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he really has that much value. I don't think teams are willing. To, I mean, besides no ready, no ready-made team is going to trade for him. Yeah, he's just I mean, not proven yet. Yeah, a lot of a lot of rumors. a lot of Warriors Twitter is saying Warriors Twitter is. Some people have been suggesting they get him to help for out. Uber, yeah, yeah, but I don't. Uber is just up and down. So that's another discussion. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting team. All right, Riyad, any any other comments you have before we jump back to the East for one last team and then we'll get into one player that we're disappointed with? Uh no, I think that was you guys pretty much covered it. It's just the roster construction is it's it's hard to evaluate what, what what exactly their moves are. Right. Okay, cool. So I'm gonna jump in real quick for my Eastern Conference team that I talked about. Uh, as my dig- biggest disappointment, uh, the Miami Heat sitting at nine and fourteen right now. Now I thought about leaving them out um, just because I mean they have gotten crushed this year. Um, Butler's missed thirteen games. Heroes missed seven. Nuns missed eight. Uh, Dragic has missed six games, and um, he's hurt again now. So I mean they've been du- they've been down uh, a ton of guys. Um, but that being said, uh, they're 26 in uh, point, points per game, given up 24th uh, in offensive efficiency. They're last in the NBA in rebounding um, and given up a ton of threes. So they've, I've watched them play a couple times so far. Uh, be interesting to see. Uh, obviously, I'm sure they're, they're, they're going to get healthy and, and they'll be back in the playoff hunt and probably – you know, make a run. Um, but I, I don't think I've seen them play once with their full squad. Yeah. It's, it's rare, especially with, you know, Jimmy only playing, um, you know, 10 games so far from what I saw from hero. I I think a lot of people on overall in the NBA are a little hype on him. Uh, I don't think that he's taken much of a big jump this year. I mean, obviously it's early, but he's shooting 34% from three, 45% from the field. I just don't really see him as, you know, people like have that NBA comp of Booker. I don't ever see him getting to that level. Um, I think a big reason for their disappointment as well is the loss of Jay Crowder was huge for them uh, from a physicality standpoint defensively against other wings. And then also just a catch and shoot three point guy. Uh, a lot of their players, you know, with Dragic and Butler need the ball in their hand. Um, so, you know, he was a good guy that could match up defensively and, you know, just catch and shoot threes. Uh, and they kind of thought that Harkless was going to be that replacement. And he's not even in the roster. Like, he's not even in the lineup anymore. Um, so he's been getting a ton of do not plays, uh, coach's decision. Um, so I think that's a big, big reason uh, for their issues as well. Bam's been solid this year. Um, but I think it just kind of shows that he can't just be like the number one guy and carry a team to winning. Um, but 
that being said, my question to you guys is, you know how Pat Riley's always win now. You guys think you think he's now that Giannis is re-signed, you got to think that he's going to go out and try to get someone, right? I mean, who who is there anyone like who who would he get? I mean, they should have just they were like, oh, oh we got to keep Tyler Hero and who's that shooter that Duncan. Duncan, bro, I would have just traded James Harden for him. Like, traded for James Harden. Yeah, I don't. What was that? That was just stupid. But Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't know how because James and Jimmy kind of both need the ball in their hand a lot to be on top of their game. Um, I don't think Jimmy really needs the ball in his hands. Jimmy don't really. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy's a bad. Jimmy's way. He was way better on the ball than off the ball. He's not a catch. He's not comfortable high volume catch and shoot three guy. I don't think he, yeah, but he doesn't. I he, he doesn't have like a high usage rate. You just get him. I mean, he does need the ball to 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 be effective. But I'm saying like he he he's not the type of player that like pounds the ball. Right, right. But yeah. I mean, a lot of lot late shot clock situations, he's always going to have the yeah. ball. In his hands. Um, but one person I have seen a little bit rumors floating around, and it kind of makes sense. Is they're real big on Kyle Lowry. Um, if the you know if the Raptors do decide to move on. From him and kind of start the younger rebuild train that he's one named. I don't, I don't, I don't know what Lowry gives them honestly. And what do you think? Maybe you think it was just the bubble just hyped up this team from last year compared to like if if it was like in a playoff situation. It was was somewhat of a perfect storm, but they're playing. I don't think we can judge that yet because of all the games they missed, and that's why I was hesitant to put them on my biggest disappointments. I mean, with all those injuries and people being out with COVID. I think it's tough to judge for them now. Okay. But I also think that the Heat are just like a little – they're definitely always like a little full of themselves. Like they just signed everyone for one-year deals just because like they were like, oh, we're going to get Giannis. And then like he just re And also, also a lot of the other teams in the East have gotten better. Like the Sixers have improved. The, the Nets have improved. The, um, the Bucks. I mean, they're still, they're still pretty good. Still around, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think that would be another one of the teams but i think we covered a lot of the early disappointments huda real quick out of out of those four teams the mavs pelicans wizards and heat who do you see bouncing back more likely define bouncing back like okay so like improving their place in the current standings i would say like the heat because i obviously have a lot more to go as well who uh all right so we had the mavs and the heat in the playoffs probably like a, a you know top four or five seed yeah um, and then we had the Pelicans Wizards maybe fighting for a last playoff spot. Um, who do you see like getting back to that what we expected level? I would say my bet would probably be Pelicans because the Heat have dug themselves a hole and the top of the East is much improved. And it's just, it seems like already like the separation that LA teams and Utah are taking from everyone else will make it tough for Dallas as well. What do you about you guys? Who do you who would you say? I would say I would say the Wizards are probably the toughest to bounce back because they're just there's just so much going on so far. Um, I think yeah. the Pelicans have played a, a little bit better in the last few games, so I give them a good chance. The Heat are just unknown because of the factors you said with COVID and everything, but I think the Mavs are most right. likely because it's just it's hard for me to kind of be out on their offense when it was so good last year. Like it's hard for me to believe that it was just Seth Curry. So I think that their offense can bounce back and, and they could, they can make a little bit of a run. Um, but they, and they, and they also have like Luca, one of the best players in the league. So 
Yeah, it's just going to be tough with the battles that you have to go through every night in yeah, the West. The West and like I said, I mean, yeah, they could get back to the like four or five range, but I don't see at this point they're not catching no, either the LA no. teams or the Jazz. No. Um, so we'll we'll wrap up with uh, you guys and you guys want to talk about in terms of a player. So far, we've covered four teams. Dongo, you want to go ahead? Yeah, so I will start um, uh, Anthony Davis. He's been uh, kind of my disappointment. Um Coming into the year, I think I, you know, especially coming off the bubble, um, he was playing great. Um, I think I have him as one of the top five players in, in the league. And to me, he just obviously he's just been starting. He started the year slow, um, obviously, but it was a short uh, turnaround. Just not playing like the same energy that I saw last year, where I felt like he, had, he was trying to prove a lot, trying to prove to a lot of players like I can play and hurt. Um, I'm one of the best big men in the league. Um, I can help, you know, a winning team win a championship. And what I'm hearing, uh, I'm, what I'm hearing, I think, I don't know, it's not my sources. I don't, have, I don't know if it's definitively. I don't have sources. Obviously, he came in out of shape. Um, I saw a Draymond clip on Twitter where he's talking to one of the, the, the Indian guy who just shorted um, GameStop, and he's one of those tech investors. He, he was on his pod. Um, He's talking about there's a certain player that he just knew that just came in out of shape, and he's one of like a all star premier player. And I think he's talking about uh, Anthony Davis, who's like, bro, like the bubble, the short tournament line. I just didn't really feel like working out like that. Uh, it was a lot going on, which I understand. But still, besides that, it's just his numbers been down. The defensively, I mean, he hasn't been what he usually is, but he's still great. I mean, he still gets one block a game. Uh, but I just, I just want, I just expected more from him, just to prove solidify himself as the best big man because i mean i i know there's Embiid and Jokic right now i think anthony davis should be on that level but right now Embiid and Jokic is playing way out of their minds compared to him so he'll be my disappointment obviously he's he's gonna ease into it um but right now that's all i can say because you know the lakers in a different trajectory compared to other teams because they can just cruise through it they're the top yeah team. just so, yeah that was my disappointment just to piggyback off that um i do th- i a lot of what you said, I agree with. Um, it's not that I don't think he's playing well, um, but because we had him so high coming into the season and that he proved that he could be a champion, that um, I just thought he would be able to take that another step up to kind of solidify his position. And, um, you know, with the confidence of being a champion, uh, he'd be able to like show his dominance from game to game. And, you know, last year, I was kind of sold that he could be a 1A player next to next to another great player. Um, but I'm, I'm starting to question a little bit if he's more closer to a two, even with the talent he has, if he's not a bona fide, like, leader of a team. Because you still... You might not even have to see that until, like, a couple of years. With that's LeBron. what I'm saying with LeBron. I, I, think, I think he was salty. I think he was salty because he was... I, he he felt last year like LeBron was playing great, um, but he was playing on another level. But they still didn't give him credit as one of the best players in the league. Everyone just kept saying LeBron. So I think – and he did his thing in the playoffs. So I think now he's just like, yo, I did all this, and it's still like people are not going to respect me as the best – one of the best players in the league or something like that. So I don't, I'm not really going to put on as much effort and then maybe just wait till the playoffs. That could be like how he's thinking right now. Um, so that's what yeah, I'm I think a lot of it is energy and effort and just him being active because the, the one like his free throw attempts are down uh, and percentage is down. 
Um, rebound, rebounds are down, blocks are down. He averages for the career 2.4, and he's only averaging less than two now. Um, so a lot of it, I think he might we he might have a, like a slight inner, uh, injury we don't know eight about. Rebounds. He's only averaging eight rebounds. Yeah, man. come on. I, mean, I think that's more because his minutes are up. So I think that's more just like either taking plays off, he's coasting. I don't know. It maybe just doesn't have that instinct when it's that easy to go out and just dominate like LeBron does. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. What do you think, Gladdy? Yeah. Um, I agree with most of the points you're saying. Um, I think that, I think that it's not like a concern of mine uh, for the Lakers. If anything, um, I think, you know, when it comes down to crunch time, I don't, I don't anticipate any issues there. Um, but I, I'm not going to say that I, I hate seeing it because Brings the Lakers down a level. Brings the Sixers. Hey, no. <laughs> <laughs> you just want this boy on B to get more props. That's why. Hey, I see you, cause. And the thing is, this year, uh, AD is their like backup center. I mean, I, I guess Montrez Harrell, but like, Harrell, no, yeah, but he can't. He can't. He can't remember. He can't that. be a center. But so what I'm saying is, if Gasol gets hurt, you know, AD's gonna have to play that center position. Yeah, obviously. I, he hate getting abused by Embiid. I see you, Gladdy. I see you, Philly. He'd <laughs> 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 be abusing that boy. All right. I think we've covered most of the disappointments this year. Um, I think I think there have been a few others, but it's it's still early. Uh, a lot of these players and teams can come ba- uh, bounce back, and if not, we'll keep talking shit on them. <laughs> um, all right. So let's let's finish this uh, episode with some trivia. We haven't done that uh, since our first episode. I'll start off with the first question. Who is the shortest player in NBA history? Muggsy Bogues. Muggsy Bogues. At what size? Five, eight, seven? Wait, isn't it? No, isn't it um, Earl Boinkins? No, nah, y'all were right. Muggsy Bogues. Oh, okay, never mind. Uh, five, one. Five, three. Oh, okay. uh, shit. Five, seven was done. Who's the uh, tallest player in NBA history? Manu Paul. Two two players that the same height. Was that wrong? Yeah. That uh, Yao Ming. <laughs> What'd you say? Yao Ming. Yeah. Who's the other oh, one? Let's go. Who's We're the sharps? Who's the other one? What do you mean? We just uh, the both both at seven six. I said Manu Paul and he said Yao Ming. Yeah, Manu Paul wasn't right. Oh, I thought you said it was right. <laughs> For real? I thought Manu Ball got to be right. I don't know. Uh, give me a sec. Um, the white dude. Sean Bradley? Yep. He wasn't. Seven, was they were both 7'6". Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This is, this is just like half-assed research. I don't, I don't know if this is exactly That's right. right. Uh, and then the last player is, uh, who was the last player drafted straight from high school? That's a good one. Wow. What was that like? Oh, 2005. So does that does that mean it has to be like the last pick in the draft too? 2005. Okay. I yeah, think, uh, I get. I think it was second. I think he was in the second round. Oh damn. Oh shit. I have no idea. Martel Webster. Amir Johnson. Oh okay. Oh. Yeah, definitely. All right, so one of the 800 backups for Joel Embiid. All right, so that wraps up this episode. We'll uh, continue to cover the most interesting topics throughout the season, and we expect this season to be a fun one, so we hope you can join us. Please rate and subscribe, and we'll, we will see you next time. Peace.